What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the fucking box? What's in the box? Fucking box. What's in the box this week? This week, uh, what is in the Ooh, box this week? I don't know what's in the box. Fumble. <laughs> you don't know what's in the box. So fumble. I don't know what we're talking about. This week is the director's cut of What's in the Box. Tell you what we didn't talk about last week. What? We didn't talk about the fact that Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of The Last Jedi, has been commissioned to write another three Star Wars films, a whole new trilogy that take place in a different part of the galaxy and has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga. So is that is that the deal then? That is the deal. I'm sure prov- provided that Last oh, fuck, Jedi yeah. right, does as well. Ridiculous amount of like provisos <laughs> like, surrounding that shit. Because oh. Kathleen Kennedy's firing directors just like pow, pow, yeah, pow, exactly, pow, yeah. pow, Like so, uh, um, Jurassic World guy, yeah, bye! <laughs> you said I had three films in my head. Like you say, on paper, he's been given an entire trilogy to develop himself, right? Yeah. He's been given Ryan Johnson, film. fucking wicked director, by the way. I think, yeah, Ryan Johnson is an... I thought it was an odd choice when they announced him. I could see why. Why? Because he's got, he's like J.J. Abrams, he's got the writer-director. He's got, he's got the power of the writer and the creative vision of the director <laughs> moulded into one. What? I thought that he would take Star Wars in, an, in a, a new direction. Whether or not I would like that direction, I'm not sure, but it would be distinct. And it's what needs to happen for this next episode because we've had Force Awakens which re- some people love some people hate I loved it I, soft, and I still love it soft reboot of it uh, is yeah you Star can't Wars be denied that it's a soft reboot of Star Wars it's a retro film yeah. it hits many of the same beats but from a business standpoint it had to be that film it couldn't have been any other film yeah. it had to be a success the money back. we you had to, to be reminded why we liked Star Wars because at the present time the Bad of Star Wars outweighed the good. You know, we had the three. Oh, pre- yeah, we had yeah, the three. For the fans, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had the three prequel films, which were they're bad. They're bad. However you look at them, even like Episode Three is the best of a bad bunch. It's still bad. There's oh, like six seconds in it that God, are fantastic. There's so much wrong with that film, and there's so much horrible shit going on with that film. So, Force Awakens had to be a reminder of why we like Star Wars. It had to be a safe bet, and it was, and it was successful. Yep. Um, but now something new has to happen. It has to be dark because it's the second one in the, you know, it's the middle act yeah. of a story, but it can't be Empire again. Yeah, that's you know, the it fucking, has to be, it, ha- problem. it has to be something different. And I think Ryan Johnson will certainly do that. And we've already had comments, you know, comments from Mark Hamill. People first thought were worrying when he sort of said, you know, I didn't expect it to be going this way. I fundamentally disagree with every decision that you've made for my character. Oh, he loves it though, doesn't he? But now it's my but now it's my job to give you what you've asked for. And I think that's cool. And from what we've seen from the trailer, we're seeing a very broken Luke Skywalker. And it hurts to see this is like when you're a kid, most people will say that their favourite character was Han Solo. For me it was always Luke. I'm sorry, I'm the bland generic version. For me, I followed the hero on the hero's journey. And for me to see my on screen hero so broken and shell shocked. Yeah. That I'm already in. It's like just fucking take my money, take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I, I always, I always saw you as sexy there. Oh, <laughs> I killed it. <laughs> I like, killed it dead. <laughs> killed it dead. So they've obviously got uh, a lot of faith in Last Jedi if they're already commissioning him. Also, you know, he's got all the way through the film. He's not been fired. There hasn't been a single bad report mm. about him. He's come in. Uh, he's towed the line. 
Mm -hmm. he's like, but he's obviously gone in a direction that they've wanted while bringing something fresh to it. You know, just like them bringing in, like firing Lord and Miller, Ron bringing Howard. in Ron Howard. <laughs> you know, he's, again, like company man. But yeah, he's gonna, such a company man. He's gonna tell, yeah, but so he's gonna toe the line. He's gonna do it. Well, like you're being invited to play in their sandbox. I feel a bit sorry for Ron Howard though. Why? Well, because you know he he's a big name director. He's mm. not he's not your fucking like substitute off the bench in like the eighty fifth minute. Like make sure this works. But I he's think, much better than that, isn't he? Of course he is. But Kathleen Kennedy's also. I mean, she's been with Lucasfilm since she was an intern. Yeah. So she's a company girl. She's followed. I mean, now one of the most powerful producers in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, it's she's in charge of the legacy. Yeah. Um, and I think she. I mean, she's still finding her feet in this position, though. You know, she did a very, very safe bet with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And then and will she, again. Yeah. And then she decided. She thought, you know, Lord Miller obviously could bring something <laughs> new. You know, we've had Josh Trank as well. You know, people that she thought could. You fresh voices. She's killed him, mate. That could bring something new. Three heads. And old. Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. Trevor, is it Trevor? What's his surname? Trevago is yeah, the, okay. the, the booking site that I'm out, you know, it's like, it's like booking.com. Okay, so college. Yeah, he's in charge of that. Um, you know, he's got, so she's bought these people who can, eat, he was an odd choice, but the other two, or the three. Well, the, the Jurassic World guy. Yeah, because that's an oh, awful film. It's an, that was there purely for money. And yeah. she, and she can the, she obviously realised she's made a mistake because he's gone. Yeah, but and fair then, play to her for, for for spotting that and acting on it. Oh Christ, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from what we can see, totally. But how, how awesome is it that you've got a producer who's so in tune, yeah, with what's going on? Yeah. I don't think at any point Ron Howard's fucked off because he's he's in now. What does it matter? Like it's now his film and he's going to be the savior of it. How much how much time has he got in this project? How much has he picked up? Uh, he, they've reshot everything. So did were they did Lord, they get binned off during principal photography? No, at the end of principal photography. Oh fuck! Pretty yeah, it was, much, wasn't it? they had they Shit. had nothing oh, to show, and fuck. barely any of it was on script as well. Which is fair enough. Like you you hire those guys, yeah. they're improv guys, yeah. yeah. Which is weird, but but at the same time, you've got you don't deviate from Lawrence Castan's writing, because mm. Lawrence Castan is one thing that was missing from episodes one two and three yeah definitely and he is the voice he is the voice of han you yeah. know he writes han he wrote han and leia that he wrote that whole story it has this yeah. they have that edge to the story because of him yeah. and they were deviating from his script so much they barely said a line of his script and naturally he got upset and i think that means you're de deviating away from star wars too much yeah um I so, agree. Li so like you said she was smart and she pulled in like howard's gonna work with him the whole way through. Of course he is. They're going to be like in peas in a pod. So hold on a sec. Is Castan writing this? Yeah. Castan had already written it. He written the, the Han Solo yeah. solo film. Now titled Solo. By Han Solo. Somebody got Han paid Solo for that story. <laughs> well, he's got like a, a little mini Chewbacca. Like a little, like... Ah. Oh. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I don't want to see that. See, this I don't want film, to see that. This was a film that I had no interest in seeing. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not... Uh, I don't want to get into Rogue One. Uh, I'm not a massive mm, fan of Rogue you One. You do want to get into Rogue oh, One, though, don't you? Stop it. <laughs> um, I didn't... So after that, no interest in seeing the Han Solo story at all. Sure, I probably would eventually. But now... Yeah, and hurt about it. But, uh, but now Ron Howard's on board. I'm keen. I'm actually like... I'm not hyped up for it, but it's just like, okay... This I know I'm going to enjoy because it will be of a certain standard. But can he, I mean, is he, 
how much can he own it is what is my my point like what? is it is it like principal photography starts again from day one yeah when's it out next um, year yeah yeah it'll be next year won't it because we've got last Jedi this year so yeah, the yeah. anthology movies are going to be or the star wars story movies whatever are going to be every other year so oh my god imagine being those directors and being brought into that room or you know for screenings or whatever the footage you've shot and kathleen kennedy's there it's just like the fucking <laughs> faces on the guys. Was it McCallum, Lucas, Ben Burt watching, watching like Phantom Menace back? And then they're just like, what the actual fuck? It's five hours long, George, and nothing's fucking happened yet. Oh, poor McCallum. McCallum. That should have been the greatest moment of his career, and instead he just started eating. Oh, so, so, hi, McCallum. How are you doing? How far are you now? Imagine sitting through that shit if you're those two and you're like, mm, this is actually wank. They might not have thought that, though. No, I they mean, probably didn't. And it's, it's kind of like, I imagine it to have, the finished product to have looked a lot like, um, you know, we talked about imp- improv mm-hmm. in action films, like with um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. You know, like that, a lot of flat framing. It's not going like to fit Anchorman Star Wars. Style. Yeah, it's not going to fit. There's certain parameters that are set up within the Star Wars universe, as with the MCU or anything that has its own verse, mm. in inverted commas, you, uh, you can play within certain rules. Yeah. What are the rules, though, in Star Wars? No, no slow idea. motion. No, we've had slow motion. We've had slow motion in Empire. Yeah, but George Lucas doesn't use it. Crash zooms, that's a new thing. Oh, that's not George I don't Lucas. Like... That's, the, that's the ILM doing that. Yeah. That's their direction. That was it? them going... The, the shot I hate the most out of the, three, out of the prequel trilogy is the 180-degree pan-round Yoda as he, opens, oh. as he opens his cloak and pulls the lightsaber to his hand using the Force. Um, oh, it makes me cringe horrible. so badly. I mean, one thing that Alec Guinness and George Lucas set up so well in A New Hope genuine class is the fact that it seems like the more attuned you are with the force the less you actually have to use it because we're really old men well not because you're really old men but because really you've got to move our arms very far I'm sure it came do a fuck scene. you from pissing on my <laughs> chips from a practi- I'm sure it came from a practical point of view like you know we can't do the special effect okay just have just have him click in the soldier's headset that'll work but yeah. it does set up it does set up this idea that you know Yoda barely uses the force at all yeah, when he's a Jedi master when we see him yet in they make such a point in the prequel trilogy of showing him doing fucking somersaults and capoeira or yeah, something just oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like Fucking learning it in his little space house. Oh, <sighs> like the Yoda movie. I don't need to see that. Oh, is that is that's that going to be a thing? Is it going to be a thing? Yeah. Ooh. I don't. I don't. CGI. Unless unless it's when Yoda's like nineteen. That I'd be interested in seeing. What? No, that was shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> that that was like, <laughs> that's just like the Muppets. It's like <laughs> it's Kermit walking around New York. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, fucking this place looks all right. Kermit like, on Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, Horace. Right. Yeah. No, I, that'd be interesting to see. Mate. No, it was awful. You know, it was talking pretty good. About it, that was pretty good, actually. Um, the idea of Yoda being so far removed from what we know of him, that's interesting to me. But I don't want it to be like the scenes, the scenes in between when we see him in Revenge of the Sith. Well, you're basically talking like in between his head changing size every time we fucking see him. Yeah, basically. Like little Frank Oz head. Yep. In the Phantom Menace, a puppet. Yeah, puppet. And then big like round beach ball head in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And then like, why does his head keep fucking changing size? (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That was great. Okay, so go back, Brick. Now, I used to say to people, when you're looking at Brick or trying to get somebody to watch Brick, there is nothing you can say to anybody about the story 
that will make them want to watch it. Yeah. Because if most okay, I'm not a massive fan of noir. High school film in noir. general. Yeah, high school film. Yeah, like uh, Ooh, okay. No yes, shit. no, but but like get it. It's like a detective movie, but instead of him getting hauled in to see the captain, he's getting hauled in to see the principal. <gasps> uh, yeah, like, shit, huh? like the drug kingpin, the drug kingpin's like one of the other kids at school. Uh, yeah, really, no like kids. the femme fatale, she's just... like she's one of the actresses in the drama group at school. Ooh, uh, drama. Yeah. <sighs> like there's nothing I can say to you that will make you want to watch this movie, but it is its own thing. It's so. It's unique and it's and it's unique and it stood out, which is why Ryan Johnson became Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson gave birth to Ryan Johnson. He did during the filming. Of he Brick. wrote himself. And he wrote himself he into was, existence. He created himself. He was at the end of a long tracking shot, passing <laughs> by, and then he was a, the Ryan Johnson directorial joke. Brick was good though, wasn't it? Brick is awesome. I've gone back to it several times. A fucking breakout performance for Man's Man. The <laughs> what Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this was Ryan Johnson's first feature film. Yep. So it's kind of like a breakout performance for him as well. Yep. I don't know. Like, you take a look at where he is now, which is what? Three films away from, from, from that film? Like, he's done, he did Brick. Yeah, because it was only shorts Brothers before Bloom. that, Yeah. It's a load of shorts, or a few shorts. Brick, Brothers Bloom, uh, Looper. Yep. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Four <laughs> Star Wars fucking films. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That is insane. But so he's class, though, isn't he? Yeah, it is. He, I mean, when I saw him on a panel at Star Wars Celebration. Did you? I wasn't there. I was watching on YouTube. Sign coffee. Sign coffee. No. Um, he was talking about the films that he, he was using as a reference point when he was being interviewed for the job. Um, and they were like some old samurai movies that he kind of used. But basically, every reference point he picked out was like... Uh, Mm-mm. Was he talking about Kurosawa? No, he wasn't. Fuck. But that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Takashi Miike. Oh, <laughs> so it was, his frames of reference were weren't standard. Like they were already out of left field. Um, yeah. So you knew again we were going to get something something very different. And a second trailer for Last Jedi's dropped. I'm now at the point I don't want to watch any more trailers. I don't want to see any more spots. Like it's given enough of the flavour. Of yeah. the films, yeah. um, but no plot yeah. as yet. I, I have got going to lie and say I haven't dissected it frame by frame. Of course I have, uh, and I've read everything else on the internet from the people that have. But yeah. no more after that. I mean, we went we went as far because we heard. If you haven't seen the Force Awakens, I'm going to spoil the shit out of it now. But we heard a story. Basically Star Wars again <laughs> with the death of Han Solo. There we are, done it. But we heard a story how. Somebody we knew had avoided all the spoilers for The Force Awakens, had got their ticket, was standing in line, and some kid comes bursting out of the theatre having just seen it and says to their dad, wow, I can't believe they killed Han Solo. Ruined the movie for what him. What a freak. So you, you and I queued up hell. in Leicester Square yeah, we did. with our headphones, headphones in, in, ignoring each other. And our mates. <laughs> right until... <laughs> Including my, we, my own brother. <laughs> <laughs> right until we got sat down actually in the theatre yeah, yeah, and then took them out because we didn't want it ruined. I'm at that stage. I just want to be... I just want to be surprised. That's it. Yeah. So I'm now... I'm, we've got our tickets already, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, I bought them. <laughs> great it's okay because i haven't paid you back yet no you haven't that's a good point actually because um <clears throat> excuse me like in talking about ryan johnson what i like about him as a as a director is that you can tell that there's something um about him that that's 
that's different and doesn't fit the mold. I mean, how many directors for the, for the um, Ron Howard's not going to fucking come out um, on you know with the trailer of the Han Solo movie and say don't watch it there's spoilers in it is he he says do you know what don't even watch this because i think it's giving away too much of the plot and i directed the fucker so fair play to him for doing that um obviously no one's fucking listened to a word he said the most downloaded trailer in the history of star wars trailers but i think like fair play to him for for you know uh, maintaining that kind of integrity he wants people to go in and experience it he's trying like to distance himself time. from the um marketing machine isn't he um and then i don't know whether it's that so much of just i don't want you to i don't want to spoil the movie for you the exact opposite of this is like the marketing machine is when you have something like the mission impossible films and like Cruz and macquarie have got this thing whereby they will shoot a trailer for marketing Mm. every day specifically what they will shoot they will shoot a trailer shot every day Right. They'll find a shot. It doesn't even have to fit the film, but this would be cool for a trailer. And it keeps marketing off their back, yeah. which is cool. And it sometimes means that they're giving marketing stuff that doesn't actually give away the plot of the film as well. So are their trailers like full of stuff that didn't make the final film? I would assume so. Well, in Egypt I or something. Well, like, I haven't like, like, head falls off and crushes Cruz's like, yeah. the scene, Seriously, this was incredible. <laughs> yeah, they're going to love that marketing. This scene didn't make it to the final cut of the movie. Um, <laughs> but that's what they... But they there's something they actively think about and then they, they even write lines for trailers as well because you've... Uh, really? Macquarie cites um, Spectre was like, you're a, ki- you're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. He's like, that's a wicked line for a trailer and no point do you feel like Bond's out of his depth in that movie. Any point. He has a car chase that's yeah. so slow he takes oh four phone God. calls <laughs> and orders, his, chase about, orders his dry cleaning oh, on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, were they going backwards in that? Well, there's like a reverse car chase, like in reverse, oh. so they can only go 15 miles an hour. Oh, it was literally the, the most was that? awful film. I tapped Shit. out. I tapped out within the first three minutes of that film and never came back in. Was that Mendes? Yes. Well, That's what's so shocking. He let the ball like Skyfall, there, win, oh. and then... That was oh, awful, wasn't it? Spectre's diabolical. What a shame. He lands in that little, um, little sofa. Oh. And, uh, I tapped out before. No, that was the moment I tapped out. Well, what do you think of them being in the guy from Jurassic World and then getting J.J. Abrams back to sort of write the ship? I couldn't be happier. Oh, it's not writing the ship because it hasn't, it hasn't gone anywhere yet. No, you're right. You know it's I mean? to but it's sure to make sure it that it gets to port if we're going to continue with this, <laughs> this laboured fucking Titanic metaphor. But I, think it's, I thought Trevor was a bad choice anyway. What's wrong with Jurassic? Because Jurassic World is shit. Is it though, mate? It's an awful, awful film. There's everyone no lo- need. Everyone it. loved it though. It made over. No, they didn't. It's like Transformers. It made over a billion at the box office, but that's just because everyone went to see it. It doesn't mean it's any good. All that means is that he doesn't lose his shit when he's given all the toys to play with. Yeah. You know, he doesn't melt down. Although hearing stories from the set is like kind of maybe why he did get shifted anyway why what well, the stories the stuff that you hear is it's the same with kind of lord and miller as well they became very famous and very successful very quickly through cloudy with a chance of meatballs and nothing else 
and the Lego movie, oh, which yeah. is amazing. The Lego movie is fucking intense. Calm down, mate. It is. It's fucking. I couldn't give a shit about going to see that movie, and I was so delighted. I was with a fucking cinema full of adults watching a Lego film, yeah. and they were pissing themselves, and they not even brought their kids to see it. Oh, just calm. <laughs> like all of you little Lego people, just calm down, one at a time. Just stop fucking shouting. I'm not down with the Lego films, mate. Okay, that's for Lego Batman, not as good. Can't, no. no, no just disappointed. Wasn't as good. Yeah. To bring back JJ, yeah. I think shows... Yeah. Hu- well, f- no, I'd say it's, there's a humility there saying like, okay, I've made a mistake. I'm now going to correct that mistake. Because it is an ad- like firing somebody that you've hired yeah, is yeah, an yeah, admission yeah. of failure in a way. Yeah, I mean, she's doing that a lot as well. Kathleen so, so she's brought back in JJ because he's a dead cert. Remember, the, remember all that, the strings that she had to... Paul for Rogue One as well. Fuck load of reshoots. Oh yeah, but uh, you can see that in the trailers. There's like loads of Vader in the trailers that yeah, isn't yeah. there. Yeah. Like Vader aboard the Death Star. All the stuff I basically wanted to see. Like yeah. um, discord or disharmony within the Empire with some fucking little guy having the balls to bark at Vader. Yeah. Like that was incredible not in the film we just go and see him on Mustafar because we had to shoehorn fucking Mordor in somewhere no it wasn't Mordor it was it was, uh, it was Bowser's castle from uh, Mario, I mean right? I get why and it's in it's in the comics as well like Vader actually looks over the place where he became Vader that's where the castle's built what shot in the daytime every panel in the with like the with blue sky and like a fucking blazing hot sun what <laughs> what the fuck is uh, that the whole film hurts little fiery so castle. Much. But I, again, I didn't think that I didn't think that Edwards was a good choice for for that at all because he was apparently picked because of his ingenuity that he showed with Monsters. And yeah. Monsters isn't a great film. Like, I've never gone back to rewatch it. But what he did and the way he thought about maximizing his resources was genius, yeah. Yeah. absolute genius. But Godzilla has nothing to it. No. It's- it, as, soon as, as soon as Brian Cranston is out of that film, I st- I, I've watched the beginning with him in it so many times because he's amazing. Classic as God soon really. as he's out, you know, you've just got characters that you don't like who can magically teleport to wherever the fucking plot's happening. Yeah, um, and, and this tone. Yeah. For like the whole film, right? There's so much of Rogue One that, that jars me. Um, I d- like at the time... The cameos that I found from the other pilots, I won't call them cameos because they're, they're characters who l- logically aren't dead at that point in the story. Wait, wait, which, what are we talking about? You know, which bit? At the end of Rogue One, there's yeah, all the yeah. fighter pilots who are also in A New Hope. Oh, you mean the, like, the, like, the bin footage? And stuff like that. Yeah, which makes sense. Porkins, is he in it? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you, Red <laughs> <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense that they're there, but at the time, it really like pulled me out of the experience. Did, did you notice that then? Were you like, you yeah. must have done, you're yeah. much bigger stars than I. Oh, it was just, it was yanking me out. The whole storyline with, with Jen Arso just, it was a proper case of, of telling, not showing. Yeah, that, that, was, there's yeah. a there's a there's a great opportunity because she gets, she gets taken under, under Sol Carrera's wing, like as trained as this resistance fighter. And then Is that Forrest Whitaker? Yeah. And then abandoned. Like that's something I wanted to see happen. Because yeah. all we do is we get the impression that she doesn't want to go and see him for some reason. And then when they meet, mm. they have this, she's apprehensive about this meeting the whole way. She doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to go. And she eventually meets him and she has to explain 
why she's so upset with him and yeah. stuff like that. I would, rather have, I would rather have the first act have been seeing him taking her and training her and then abandoning her so that we know that she doesn't want to go and talk to him and their meeting has weight. Then Sol Carrera, like one of the greatest resistance fighters in the world, decides just to give up. Gave up, didn't he? Yeah, he's just like, okay, well, uh, uh, you carry on the fight. <laughs> Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Said whiskey, husky Forrest Whitaker for oh, no reason. Yeah. Like, get him, get it, like, have him sacrifice himself one last time for the rebellion or have him get, have his robotic leg get stuck underneath something. Shouldn't or... he be charging into, like, a wave of, like, imperial forces at that point? Yeah, or some shit him, like that. Or being taken something. away or I killed. Mean, or... He wasn't even standing triumphantly or defiantly in the face of the oncoming explosion there's yeah. there's so much that that wasn't quite right i mean it was nice to take us back you know you to see very familiar ships yeah you know and stuff like because we don't have that in force awakens there's the x-wings but everything's slightly different you know because time's passed yeah and then if you well, go to the like black x-wings they're black and the engines are split differently and oh, the helmets yeah, yeah. are slightly different. So it's like, it's Star Wars, but not quite as you know it. Same with the Stormtroopers' helmets. Yeah. You know, yeah, similar, yeah. but not quite. Yeah. And logical progressions, but yeah. not what you know. Yes. And then you don't get it with the prequel trilogy because it's none of that stuff's happened yet. You know, you get stuff again that's like the X-Wing, but not quite. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Um, but whereas this was touching right up against the new hope touching a little bit too close as well if you ask me it didn't oh it fucking overlaps cgi layer was the end yeah cgi layer was horrific oh. i just wanted to see the back of her head yeah. like some of the achievements as well like governor tarkin yeah peter cushing when we saw his reflection in the mirror yeah. so reflection in the mirror reflection in the window i was like that's great that's amazing. Then he turned around and said, whoa, okay. They just like focus on it. And then like, oh, guys, come on. You're not that good. I, in terms like, of technical achievement, ILM. it was phenomenal, but you could still see it. Yeah. You could still see it's, it. They're, they're not that good yet. Like, don't fuck about with that and stuff. And why marginalise the character that you're trying to build up in the first place? You yeah. know, I would much rather have seen that contention be between him and Vader than between you know than between you mean Ben Mandelson's character yeah Krennic and, Va and, and, yeah, um, and Tarkin and yeah Krennic and Vader would, which was there in the trailers yeah I know so I don't know what um, Ben Mandelson's such a good actor as well yeah. he's absolutely fucking amazing actor and um, didn't really uh, wasn't given enough uh, support in that film you know nothing none of his actions created any reactions did they it was basically like him just shouting at nothing yeah. um, I agree with you that, I mean that CGI was horrible but yet some people didn't notice some yes, people genuinely true. didn't know and for those that's people true. for those people you know that must have been just like oh it's another character awesome who yeah. is this old guy yeah and that's... I wish I was one of them but yeah. you can't be tricked by CGI at the moment can we um, you, you I didn't get the, see I didn't get the feeling that that film backed onto and even the way it ended i don't get that that pursuit that we see at the beginning of a new hope is yeah. an exact continuation from that i don't it doesn't give me that impression i get the impression that after they got the plans from the imperials yeah, yeah they beam them somewhere and then it got past wherever they went like from whatever ship they're on yeah. it then got passed onto leah's blockade runner what? and they get intercepted that's what Yes, that's what I see. It Not as. literally Darth Vader, Darth Vader, like four feet away. Yeah, because how does she blag that she's on a diplomatic mission where he's literally seen her leave the battle with his eyes? So this is this 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 leads us on to a, to a bigger point, right? About um, 
fan fiction, doesn't it? Because, you know, you're one of the biggest Star Wars fans that, that I know, right? So you've got a lot invested in Star Wars. And I'm a Star Wars fan as well, right? What Rogue One was and what um, the Han Solo film will be. It's this kind of new uh, form of big budget fan fiction. What that brings is like kind of two things. One, the benefit of fan fiction is that, you know, you get to watch the kind of fantasies that you've been thinking about be acted out on screen. Do you remember um, Batman Dead End? Yes. Amazing, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. It's like 15 minutes long and it was, was I think, still one of the best examples of what good fan fiction looks like. Yeah, if you've not seen this, this is it's now a very old short film. You'll be able to find it on IMDb. You'll be able to find it on YouTube. Uh, We'll put it in the show notes at the end. Um, But this is, yeah, this is the craziest comic crossover that you can imagine. And this was the, this was the year before um, Alien vs. Predator was released in cinemas, right? So bear in mind at that point, and the, and the film, the short film is about Batman chasing the Joker, fucking has a fight with the Joker. A Joker predator gets abducted by an alien. An, an alien and a predator comes along him, to chase. Predator kills the yeah. alien. Batman fights them both. Whatever. So at that point, um, there had been this kind of. Um, well, anticipation for this, the Alien versus Predator crossover, Predator crossover, whatever. That The reason why that film works as fan fiction is because it does what good fan fiction does best, which is cut to the chase, literally, and then just get the... Just film that fight scene or whatever, that mash, that monster mashup, and, and let people enjoy that spectacle. That's what good fan fiction does. What fan fiction doesn't do is follow, you know, like traditional rules of storytelling. You know, it doesn't invest in setting up, you know, character or plot or narrative. And it just literally cuts to the chase. So the problem with putting a couple of hundred million dollars worth of production budget and marketing behind a film that's fan fiction is that it also bypasses those rules to appease the fans. So what you get in Rogue One is you get shit that just like didn't need to happen. And it jars with real fans rather than gives them you know, something to cheer. And I'm talking about Darth Vader at the end. See, this is where I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. I loved seeing that, but, mm. but not necessarily because of where it was. Because people keep going on about, oh, why, like... Why in A New Hope is Vader not very good? You know, stuff like that. Because, because David Prowse was fucking huge and he was fighting a guy who was 80 years old and they were written in Epe. Like, that's why it's not very good. But people insist on trying to make it part of the, part of the Star Wars lore now. Like, it's like, oh, okay, we have to fucking accept it. There has to be a reason now why they were, like, a story reason why the fight was the way it was. And if you put Vader that fucking good in Rogue One, it doesn't match okay it exactly. doesn't exactly. um but what i do like about it is it made vader scary again yeah which is what i now can't watch the original trilogy mm. without thinking of hayden christensen in the suit you know and right up to the point of them fucking shoehorning him into the end of return of the jedi which is totally unnecessary yeah Vader's not, he's ruined one of my favourite characters because he's not scary to me. Yeah. And seeing Vader like that has at least brought that back for me. 
as it should do and because that is that's what fan fiction does well right it just expresses all of that um on the screen for everyone to enjoy however it doesn't make any fucking narrative sense whatsoever and therefore it's a failure when it's positioned in a film that like that you know like a traditional two-hour film with a start a middle and an end with with other characters set up with with, with time invested in in them as well so you know that's that's kind of my point is that big budget fan fiction is destined to fail mm. you know in terms of its cinematic value but it doesn't have to be fan fiction like you could have done i'm sure that the I would love to see the earlier cut of Rogue One. I don't know if it exists anywhere where they make it to the beach with the plans because you can see it in the trailers. She's yeah. running with that fucking hard disk. She's running through the beach. Yeah. So they did make it, um, you know, a version that's less technical with, you know, we've got to now take this pipe and stick it in this pipe. They, I'll tell you what they did. They made Star Wars that it's not much, but it's just marginally too far. They made it about the technology. This is the fundamental difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. Star Trek is always about the technology. Mm. We need to get this bit of technology and this bit of science to solve this problem. Yeah. Okay? Star Wars is riddled with tech, yeah. but they never address it directly at all. What about R2-D2? Chat, what about chatting to him? He's tech, isn't he? No, but it's not you. you not, no, wait, I know, I know. I just did that just to but see no, if but it okay, would derail but, you, but it didn't. Okay, so... <laughs> Even with him shutting down the garbage mashes, yeah. he's shutting down the garbage mashes. He's not interfacing with the port to link into this, to, to, yeah. to download this. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was one it's not thing, important, is it? No, it's not. One thing that threw me in the beginning was um, the stormtrooper goes, have you got any scat docs? I was like, oof. Ugh, like, scat. What the fuck is scat docs? Yeah, scat docs. There was scat I'm sure it's scat docs. <laughs> of course it is. Um, but in, in A New Hope, it's, you don't need to see his identification. Like we don't need to address what type of technology it is. Don't and need that, to build the science. Yeah, so they need to build the little box. Which and it jars. I'm sure Gareth Edwards is a huge Star Wars fan, yeah. but that was tonally wrong, and it was just this little detail yeah. that I'm I, I'm the only one that said this so far. I've not heard it, anybody else bitch about it. In mm. fact, I'm pretty much the only person on the planet it seems that didn't like Rogue One. Yeah, um, I but, quite enjoyed it when I watched it, but. Only because I wanted to see more Star Wars. Yeah, and it and it did its job in make me think that it was a good mm. film by just showing me Darth Vader twirl a lightsaber again in in darkness. I tell you what, it did do <laughs> it did do well. Um, is everyone's always bitched about the the thermal exhaust port on the Death Star being yeah, like you yeah, know how it did, it, a bunch yeah. of fucking teenagers? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, so you find that it was a flaw that was deliberately built in. The father's reason for being part of the project, you know, yeah. isn't I'm evil. Yeah. It's they're gonna build it anyway, like with or without me, they're gonna build it. Yeah. Which is a bit weird because they start the film by saying that they can't finish it without his help. But anyway, uh, yeah. he they're gonna build it anyway. So if he's in charge of it, yeah, you know, he can derail it. Which is that's cool character idea there's so much that i would have done differently but it's that thing with hindsight you know you look at it when it's finished and go well you made this mistake you made this mistake you made this mistake. if you're looking at it in terms of a script and it hasn't happened yet you know do you bump on those same things not necessarily i also wouldn't have necessarily killed them at the end because the thinking behind it yeah. is we don't see these characters in a new hope yeah so they must have died i don't i don't get that i think that the universe or the galaxy is big enough that they could have found reasons for them to have gone. 
what like a, a franchise famous for manipulating like original content after the fact uh, can't add their names in somewhere like on some wall yeah, or, stick or, them or in the literally put them in the somewhere. cantina somewhere oh, yeah, no. maybe at the end standing next to the Jedi's in Return of the Jedi <laughs> so many people yeah. like, just uh, get the Chinese guy yeah. Yeah, Brian Blessed's frog character he's in there <laughs> again I think that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It was that the fact that you've got um, this collision of fan fiction's duty to show what the fans want, stuff like getting back on the Death Star, show more Darth Vader again, show the um, ship at the beginning of A New Hope again or whatever, with what was billed at the at the time, you remember this, a heist movie. Yeah, which it wasn't. It couldn't, it couldn't be a heist movie, could it? Because that takes up too much screen time and you wouldn't have enough time to show any of those demands from the fans you know so then you get a kind of diluted heist movie where i mean where's the tradition where's the genre where are the genre rules for a heist movie in this film no they're not they're when not do there. they when do they fucking you don't uh, recruit talent yeah um set up the the impossible mission yeah and then do it and then something goes wrong halfway through and they have to like fucking improvise and it still gets done and it looks like they're not going to and then some of them die or whatever so we almost need to see Ocean's Eleven, but in space without the comedy. Yeah, that'd be great. But they can't, can they? Because you have to devote too much screen time to the fan fiction element. I'll tell you something else that doesn't fit. And they did it. They started it in Phantom Menace and they've continued it into, um, into Rogue One. It's another technology thing. You see the shields. Now, one thing I loved about Star Wars, the original trilogy, and again, I'm sure it was due to budget and effects, invisible shields. <laughs> <laughs> seriously I mean it's even written in the Star Wars books an invisible shield was thrown around the Death Star stuff like that yeah. you know is the shield stood up we don't know oh, yeah, you've got okay, to get some right. readings on the shield up or down he goes well how can there be generous they don't know we're coming they did it in Phantom Menace when the shield oh, the, the horrible sh blue, blue that's it but again you see the shield them trying to get to the shield on Scarif it's such a tiny gripe but again it just showed a misunderstanding of fundamental parts of Star Wars to me so how can they produce a film that fans that is made for fans because some of the key scenes only fans will understand some of the key scenes like that, this film to someone that hasn't seen any of the Star Wars films mm. makes absolutely zero narrative sense whatsoever so I went to see it with Anne, my girlfriend, mm. and her reaction to me helped me understand that because oh, I couldn't see like, this. Yeah. Because what the film does, if you if you aren't aware of the other Star Wars films, is it makes you think that the mission and the overall goal for the crew is to blow up the Death Star. That's how, that's how much of a a failure it is as as a, as a film about stealing the plans for the Death Star. It makes you think that the Death Star needs to be destroyed for the film to end. So you get to, you know, 15 minutes before the end and you start thinking, fucking hell, like, they're nowhere near blowing this thing up. Like, they've only just stolen the plans for it. Fuck, I've got to wait another two hours for that shit. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work on, 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 you know, in, the, in, those, in those terms. I think the big mistake is, is writing what you think fans want. Mm. Because all fans want is to be entertained. That's it. There's no blanket. It's, it's taking it into specifics again. Oh, fans will really like... As soon as you start going, oh, fans really want to see Darth Vader fight, then you've got to find an excuse narratively for Vader to do that. Yeah. It, all people want... All I want as a fan is to just be entertained. And that's it. Tell me a good story. And that's what the Star Wars films are about for me. This wasn't a good story, was it? No. And, um... and a great premise. When they said, oh, it's going to be about them stealing the Death Star plans, I was in at that moment. 
how can they not going back to a, my, my point again like how can they not how can they get it so wrong and and show stuff that just isn't are part of those rules that you just talked about like how can they know that in star wars you don't you don't do CG, cgi shieldy things unless it's the prequels uh, yeah, yeah i don't i don't know how you can miss that surely someone at ilm would would have gone we don't do shields what ben burt Ben Burt, the greatest sound designer in the universe, the worst picture editor ever. Damn you, oh, why did he edit the prequel trilogy? That made no sense. Uh, that made no sense. Even after they made such a big thing about A New Hope that they fired the original editor and then bought in... Ben Burt. No, stop <laughs> saying Ben Burt. What are we coming to with this? The fact that we're going to how be... Do you make, how, do you make, um, how do you make a Star Wars film uh, work for the fans... And work narratively. You just make you just make it work narratively. That's all you need to do. You, you don't follow it. You don't start any sentence with "Wouldn't it be cool if?" Yeah. As soon as you do that, you're screwed. I think, I absolutely agree with you. Um, do you not like? Do you not think the Christmas holiday one's better though? With the oh, little, um, video. video. I love it. I love anything that's shot on video. <laughs> oh, oh, shot on have video. you ever got all the way through it? No. Oh, that's no, the challenge. Like that's sick. the challenge. Do you reckon we can get all the way through it on air? No. Oh. Oh, I don't want to watch that. Oh. No, honestly, I don't want Mish to watch it. Mish didn't know it existed. Ooh. And I put it on for her because I was like, see how long you can last. I think oh. she tapped out after a minute. How long is it? it it's 50 minutes. 50 minutes? I think I might have just made that up. However long it is, it's going to feel like 50 minutes. I'm not up for that shit. Oh. So we're going to, you know, we've got, we're going to see got a month. The Last Jedi. We've got a month to go. It's like on the 15th, isn't it? don't know. Next, so it's yeah, month tomorrow. Just over a month. There was a moment watching The Force Awakens when I it kind of sagged for me and I was like, shit, I'm starting to lose interest in this film. Was that before or after you held my hand because you were so happy? It was after. Okay. And that happened. That genuinely happened. You don't have to tell. That was between me and you, mate. When we go and see it, we're sitting together, right, with Mission with, with Mission M on the outside, right? Yeah, yeah, me and you need to be together, yeah, okay, absolutely, fine. yeah. You were so excited, you grabbed my hand and went... <laughs> I thought it was your penis. Okay. It kind of, I, it kind of lost me a little Thinking bit. About my penis. Yeah, your big glowing sword. <laughs> Where did it start to sag for you? <laughs> I don't know. It was so sad at the end, though, wasn't it? <laughs> Does it look like a snake had chewed it? I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. Okay. Just uh, wanking now. <laughs> just masturbating. Just, you could subscribe to us on the. Simply syndicated section, which is in the featured providers area of iTunes. You could subscribe and listen to us on YouTube. If you like the show and you know somebody else that might like it, then tell them about us. And the question of the week is, what does Ron Howard have to do to get sacked by Disney from the new Star Wars Han Solo film? Okay, so tell us in the comment section. What does he have to do? What is, what, literally, yeah. like how far yeah, does he have to do? What does he have to do to fuck up so badly that they bin him off as well? Uh, check out the show notes for anything that we've chatted about. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, say hi to us on Twitter, and we will see you next week. All right.